When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Football. Come on. Football. Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. You like that? You like that? All right, let's, Declan's got some questions for us here, but since there was a lengthy or controversial David Morgan conversation on this show earlier, I'm curious. Second consecutive day wow. that David Morgan's name was broached on these airwaves. Meat and potatoes. So Collar and Ike agreed, about, agreed on that David Morgan has this making of like, the next favorite blue-collar Minnesota football player. Sure. Like, like he has Brian Robinson. Hair. Right. Uh, I won't go as high as Jim Klein saucer. I don't think we can say that about David Morgan yet. But that Jerome Wiggins kind of guy, the guy that you just love to root for. Jermaine Wiggins. Jermaine, did I say Jerome? I did say Jerome. Jermaine Wiggins. Yeah. The leapfrog over Al Harris. It was like he had one, one move. Yeah. yeah. It was just it was jump sweet. over defenders. So I want to know is this the year that David Morgan leapfrogs Kyle Rudolph as the premier tight end of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, he's already a phenomenal blocker. According to Pro Football Focus, he's like the best blocking tight end in football, which Collar is called insane. Him that. Um, so I want to know if he can eventually <laughs> start putting it together, maybe more offensively, and start maybe stealing some reps and red zone targets from Kyle Rudolph. So uh, I, I like Kyle Rudolph as a player and as a guy. Yeah, I feel like his success is in large part because of usage though right he's just he's out there getting a lot of red zone opportunities and he's just featured a lot so if you were to feature david morgan as much as you feature Kyle Rudolph is it fair to say that david morgan would also catch 60 passes for 700 yards and a handful of touchdowns i think it's it's a, it really is a percentage of uh, opportunities thing in my mind so i'm going to say no because i still think Kyle Rudolph and he's being paid eight and a half million or whatever it is to the True. cap this year. Like he's gonna get used for seventeen weeks, six, sixteen weeks. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they felt comfortable enough with David Morgan after the season to either say goodbye to Kyle Rudolph because, hey, you're getting up there in age a little bit. We got to save some money because we have a thirty million dollar quarterback over here. We got Adam Thielen knocking on the door for a new contract over there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say no for this year. But I definitely I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm a Phil. I, I think that this is definitely a 2019 proposition. And and the question for uh, the coming off season is going to be this. They're going to go to Kyle and say, you're getting a pay cut. Yeah. And Kyle can either say, okay, cool, I accept that. Or Kyle will say, I'm still a viable enough option 
that if you're going to cut my pay by too much, I'm going elsewhere. So I think Phil's right. I think for the, this year, Morgan remains an extremely productive blocking tight end and will catch a few passes. But if he is to emerge, if he's take that next step, it's going to be in 2019, and it might be if uh, Kyle is gone. Ten, rece- ten receptions last year, just over that. Do you think it gets over ten receptions? David Morgan. That he catches more than ten passes we this having, year? We're now having a heated discussion about David Morgan. It's I, 12. It's 12. I'm, I'm putting him on 12. He will. Yeah, it is. It's. Do I think he's a better overall pass-catching tight end than Kyle Rudolph? Probably not. Right. But I think if you were to just feature him more, he would be fine. I don't, I don't think he's play just a blocker. Play, like play Rhett, the football thing at this point. you got to play the Rhett, Rhett, like, oh, wait, oh, Let me take it a step further. Rhett Ellison oh was just a blocking tight yeah. end slash fullback. I think David Morgan is more than Rhett Ellison. Woo! Well, I need to wash the mashed potatoes my, off some, my forearms. My right heart, now. my heart oh, yeah. is palpitating. Some, some football tight end cocaine right there. Just I can't believe all in it. Gonna collect myself. I'm, I take it you guys were able to watch uh, Michael Kopech's start yesterday, or at least the first two innings before the rain delay. Yeah, I watched every sweaty pitch that he. Did you see how bad that right. dude was sweating? You're transitioning. Oh my god! Perfectly into this question because yeah. I was just <laughs> so impressed by how much sweat. He was sweating, and I know he's pitching. It, you know, it's not an easy thing it's to do. Chicago, it's hot, right? Yeah. I'm sure it's come watch me work out. So I want to know. <laughs> you no, want to see sweat I, flying and around? I, oh my god! Ugh. And I know naturally, you I sweat shake while my you head. Work out. I shake my head. It goes all around. I can see Judd in the headband, just you know, doing some calisthenics. I would. I would oh no, treadmill, treadmill. Walk and I run. sweat. I I walk briskly, <laughs> but the sweat will like fly off my arms. It's great. Do you ever notice people? Within two treadmills of you on either side, just wiping off your sweat from I see them. them not standing on those treadmills. <laughs> People rarely work out by me, and there's a good reason for it. So I want to know, when was a time you were just sweating uncontrollably, like the most you've ever sweated? It could be just, yeah, working out or running a marathon or whatever, or even it could be nerves, because like I've gotten nervous before, and I'll just start sweating. I don't know why that is. I, I love it, this question. Oh, I know. I've got one, because it's, it's without fail. If it's a summer day... And I'm sort of fat, and I I've got to so fit like in the, right now. So like right now, and I've got to fit in into my suit. So like I'll take a shower and dry off, but it's sort of hot out, right? And you you know you start with the shirt, you put the shirt on, and then the final thing is how close can I get the pants? And it always makes me sweat profusely, and I hate. So then, you're saying getting I'm, dressed? Yes, getting makes dressed you can make me sweat. I I purposely will stand in front of the air conditioner to try and stay cool. I'll do that too. Well, it's the it's so weddings the, weddings this time of year. Whether mm-hmm. if you're in a wedding party too this time of year, which has happened probably twice in my life around July or August, and you'll have to go do pictures or something outside. Yep. It's hundred degrees, but I've got something for you guys. I'll admit this for the first time. I think on our radio show. All right. So when I was a junior slash senior in high school, and then it was like a three-year period, and then I was a freshman in college, I had uncontrollably bad armpit sweat. Hmm. Like, it was just a three-year thing for me. And then I found something on the internet. I literally Googled. This is like in 2004. I Googled, uh, like, heavy-duty deodorant or, like, how to control pit sweat. Like, I would sweat out. I'd wear an undershirt under a T-shirt, so I'd have two shirts, and I would sweat them out on a daily basis. I'd, I'd be in band concerts in high school or oh be in gosh. class in college, yeah. and I would sweat out. Like, I'd sweat through sweatshirts. It was horrible for three years. It was super embarrassing. And Because, you know, if you're hanging out with a gal or something, like right. you just feel, oh, I got sweaty armpits, right? I Googled 
whatever the phrase was, how to stop sweaty armpits, <laughs> and ordered some product off a random website. And it said, use this as your deodorant for 30 days and then see where you're at after 30 days. Honest to God, it hasn't been a problem for me in a decade and a half. Some random website in 2004 cured my hyperhidrosis. There was some steroid, though, and now you're (laughs) going to be suspended by I've got nine types of cancer coming in the next 10 years. I'm going to get an 80-gamer from MLB from Manfred for this. So are you still using it? No. No, no, like now it's done. You used it for 30 or 60 days or whatever it was. And that was it. Wow. And it and it's like it and I don't know. I I really don't know what it did, but it's like it reset your glands or something. Okay, this and it doesn't just wasn't sound, a problem. This does anymore. not sound healthy at all. Dead serious. This does not I mean it sounds effective but not healthy. <laughs> There's no way that you didn't give yourself some type of weird yeah. thing that's gonna bite you in the butt. Right, so I haven't sweated a drop in twelve years. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I just don't sweat now. <laughs> it's that's crazy. Insane. So there's uh, that. I just admitted that on the radio already. Last one. Obviously, with disgusting, <laughs> you were sweating out. Oh, oh. yeah, you had to do I mean, something. I've sweated out t-shirts before. Well, it's embarrassing when like you're, you know, you're at okay, prom or question. something, and you put your arm around the gal, and it's like, oh god, I can only wear black and white without feeling embarrassed. Mm-hmm. All right, my question to both of you is this: Where do you draw the line with favorite t-shirts as far as the pits go? Define define that. Yeah. Okay, I have <laughs> expand on that. I have bit. favorite t-shirts that I really, really love. And the armpits get crunchy, and I still wear them. Like, well, well, when you don't sweat, it's not a problem. <laughs> I don't cry. I don't sweat. So, like, after I don't you, have any fluids well, coming from well, me whatsoever. Let me recommend blackmarketdrugstore.com. <laughs> yeah. So, like, after you've washed them, like, they're just... Yeah, they're still crunchy. Huh. Are they yellow? They get a little bit black. I, black? <laughs> what? It's a little bit black. It's a little bit hot. It's the deodorant, I think, mixed with your sweat that makes them crunchy and black. Yeah, I'm I, just saying. I, I think you got to ditch those. I do eventually, but it takes me some time because I really fall in love with these shirts. You're not poor. You can buy new t-shirts. I know, but I find ones I especially like. And that's the problem, too. Extra large is a misleading thing. Because some of them grab your 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 gut a little bit. Try and, a double X, and some are free flowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but double X has depressed me because then they're so the, big. It, it, like it looks lot. like a it looks like a muumu. This sounds like a lot of psychological double X depresses <laughs> tissue me. here. Scar tissue looks like I'm walking around with a muumu on. Well, okay, since we're we've gone down yeah. this path, what is the oldest shirt, or how old is the oldest shirt that's either in your rotation or that you still have in your closet? I bought a Hartford Whalers one when I was in Hartford uh, in 2000, when, when the show went to Bristol for a day, when it was fun and I, so that would be like 2012. The oldest shirt you have is 2012? The oldest t-shirt that I, I wear. Not, not, not nice, bad. Not nice I, shirt. I've got stuff from the 90s still. Oh, I'm wow. saying t-shirts, but I'm saying t-shirts <laughs> that I still like to wear. So like a That's t-shirt's different. A t-shirt lives against your body. See, when I was thinking about like you having these crusted out armpits that you'd have shirts from 2001 that oh, you've been no. rotating for 17 no, years. No, no, no. So you're saying a shirt that you gone. bought three months ago is all crusted out, basically? Those are long gone. I'm saying shirts I'm saying shirts from circa 2012 and beyond. But I wear them a lot, and they're T-shirts, and so they tend to take a, a lot of abuse from my right. sweating. I have a, an Elvis Presley T-shirt from a Graceland trip we went on as a family from the late 1990s, maybe like 1997. Did you ever wear it still, or did you just keep it as a... I, I wear it around the house sake. or to work out, yeah. Sure. I, have, I have a I'm Mickey sure Mantle... Li- I'm sure the girlfriend likes that when you wear it around the house. Well, I have a, a Mickey Mantle 
baseball tournament shirt from 2001, too, that's still in rotation. So I'll, I'll throw it back. What about you, wow. Declan? I would say, I think I won from 2009. So that would put me as a junior in high school, I think, was 2009. Well, a decade old. Yeah, yeah. So I, a couple button-ups that I, that I definitely still use. Button-ups are okay. Yeah. Those ones, and they last longer because I don't really wear them that often. Yep. Um, but I, I did a huge clothing purge last year and just gave away a bunch of clothes. It feels good. There's a book that someone wrote a book about this that went all over. It was a number one bestseller. I can't remember what it's called, but I definitely I've I read at least enough of the book to get to get the vibe where you're supposed to. It's 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 sort of the uh, the decluttering of uh, you know lifestyle or sure. the minimalist lifestyle. And before you get rid of all your clothes, you're supposed to spend 30 to 60 seconds with each item of clothing and put your hands on it and think about when you first purchased that item of clothing. And does it resonate with you? Is it something that you feel like you're at peace getting rid of with each item of clothing? Yes. Wow. That's a lot right there to think about. I'd like to see Judd maybe do this with his pit crusted out yellow and black (laughs) t-shirts. Who says I don't? Who says I don't do that already? Uh, let's do expanded questions when we come back here. And uh, we also can get into the story that came out from the Chicago Cubs side of the Chicago fence that may have impact on the Twins if things had gone differently a few months ago. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. You like that? Like that. All right, Declan's on the, the keys today here. Expanded questions. What's question number three? What do you got for us? Yeah, well, let's stick with the Twins. We were talking about Nick Gordon earlier with Dan Hayes. Mm-hmm. Struggling a little bit down there, I guess, in AAA. Do you think that a, maybe a, someone from the 2017 class, maybe a Brent Rooker, could maybe even be here in September before Nick Gordon? I do. In fact, let's check. So Brent Rooker was on. He got off to a terrible start. Yep. At the beginning of the year, he's like, "Oh man, you thought this was going to be a fast track guy." Double A pitching caught up to him a little bit, but he's been one of the hottest hitters over the last two or three months in Double A. And on the season now, he's got he's got uh, twenty. Uh, let's see, twenty two home runs, seventy seven RBIs in one hundred eighteen games. He's going to be a big strikeout guy. He's DH, right? Probably. I think like a corner well, outfielder. He, he's possibly. A, he is a right and left fielder, I believe. He's been playing left field for the okay. uh, for for Chattanooga, but for, kind of first base, left field, probably DH to some extent yeah. too. Yeah, they've they've been playing him at first base with Chattanooga just to cultivate first baseman too. To look at Joe Maurer, whether he comes back or not. Who yeah. Sano can play first base. I think to use first base is almost a flex position where you can just have. Three different guys play some first base, and mm-hmm. some of them also play third base or right field, left field. Absolutely. But I would love to see Brent Rooker up here with the Twins. I don't know if he's going to be the all-encompassing hitter that an Eddie Rosario has been for them the last couple of years, but it, he's going to give you power, and he's going to be able to play maybe three different positions, and that's enough for me. Yeah, I think, and you know, Jake's got a pretty good feel on where things are at with the farm system, and it sounds like Gordon's struggles are such that they don't don't want to subject him to coming up here and failing completely, which is probably a good move. So, yeah, I think you're going to see quite a few guys up here before him. I think they're probably going to bring him to spring training. Hope he's turned things around. But I am very curious to see opening day, uh, second base, next year, who's there. Because it very well might not be Gordon. And and it's not going to be um, the kid yet, the shortstop. So, at this point in time, 
who plays second base on on opening they day 2019 or 18? They could re-sign a guy like Forsyth for one year. Yeah, because so, I think I think long term, maybe even starting later on in 2019, Royce Lewis is your shortstop. Royce Lewis has been so good. Yeah, he's awesome. Even at high A Fort Myers, so he's he's double A to start the year next year, and then he's on watch. I think. Mm-hmm. So he comes up, plays shortstop at some point, maybe in the second half of next year, and then Jorge Polanco slides over to second base. Now you'd have to figure out is Miguel Snow your third baseman, but that's your middle infield right there. And Forsyth has to be cheap, right? Yeah, like he, he makes nine he's million not now. Command much? Yeah, he's not going to make nine million dollars next year, no. is he? There's I no chance. So. Do you know what the sad thing is? I I thought about this about Joe. The sad thing about Maurer is if Maurer's career had started slightly uh, beyond the time that that it did. He would have been a multi-positional player who would not have been subjected to catching nearly as much as, as he was. If Joe Maurer's career had started eight years after it did, I really think that they would have given him a glove and said, "You're gonna, heck, you can still catch some, but you're going to play first base, and you're going to play the outfield. And I think if Maurer had come along later, he would have been a guy who still could have caught some, but but would would have been a multi-positional guy, and it would have been accepted, and he wouldn't have been subjected to nearly the punishment that he ultimately was. Or could I take that a step further? Would they have given him the Bryce Harper treatment? Bryce Harper was a catcher in high school. Yep, he was a catcher they when, they, have, when yes. they drafted him, and they said they might have. We're drafting you. I know that you're a catcher, but this is the last time you will ever catch. Yep, they might have. He might have even played some center field early in the minors, and now he's moved to. Biggio came up in, in Houston in the '80s as a catcher. Mm-hmm. And I think they moved him, if I'm not mistaken, to second base and then the, the outfield after that. But, yeah, there were those guys who they said, you are so talented, you are absolutely not going to catch. What do you think, if if they had done that with Joe Maurer right out of high school and said, we know that you're an incredible catcher, but it's just not a sustainable position. Yep. We just want to maximize this for 15 years and make sure that you're still you're still ready to rock at the plate when you're 32, 35 years old. How do you think his offensive numbers would be different if he had played... Maybe they maybe they would have said you're a third baseman from the get go. We're just going to put you at a different position, and you're going to learn it from age 18 going forward. Five batting titles instead of three minimum, maybe six, and not a ton more power, but more power. Yeah, like 15 home run power instead yes. of eight home run power. And I think if you had transitioned him, if you had if you had given him a glove and said you're going to play third base, eventually play some first and be flexible enough to play left field or something like that. I think he wins at least five batting crowns, and and he hits. He doesn't consistently hit for a ton of power, but he hits for more. I mean, the catching position took how much from him? We don't know, Mm -hmm. but it had to be some. I think a lot. It had to take some. Yeah. So he he would have been Wade Boggs or Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor is probably the best. Paul Molitor didn't have 30 home run power, and... It was pretty rare that Molitor would even hit double-digit home runs, I think. He might have had those like 15, 18 home run seasons. Yep. But Molitor was much more about batting average, making contact, getting on base, and yep. then he played played the corners. Right? He played positions. first base and, and, then, um, and then DH in the second half of his career. It would have been more likely that Maurer would have been a sustainable force offensively in those categories. Yes. I'm, agree- I'm with you. I don't think he ever would have been a huge power hitter, but could he have been a Wade Boggs, Paul Molitor type until he was 36, 37 years old, more consistently, 3,000 hit guy. I think, I think if, he's a 3,000 hit guy. I think if he had been, if if he hadn't caught, I, I think he's a rich man's Mark Grace. Yeah. Like Mark Grace was really good. I think Maurer would have exceeded Grace's success, but I think it's the same type of career where, where the power's not 
absolute or great, but it's decent. Yeah, and is it Maurer was a very good defensive catcher. I don't think at any point he was the best defensive catcher. I mean, Yadier Molina overlapped him. There were other guys early in his career. He, he was, was very good. Yeah, that's fair. He was. So I don't know. I, you're so. But, but was it worth it? And my answer would be no. That's a God. That's a tough question. My answer would be no because he was, he was, the best offensive catcher of his generation over that ten year stretch. Yep. And one of the best offensive catchers ever. He's in that top five to top ten mix mm-hmm. for that ten year period. And so. From that perspective, it was worth it, and the Twins were able to because they had that position solidified. They were able to, like they had they had the best hitter at that position, and so then they were able to go out and have an awesome first baseman too, and an awesome center fielder over here. I mean, a lot of teams are just trying to find a guy at catcher, and so the the Twins had much more than a guy at catcher for ten years. They had a batting champion, and they had an MVP one year. Right, it's a really the, hard question. And the Cy Young. I mean, you look at two thousand six of like best that never happened. You, you have how many teams can say you boasted a Cy Young MVP and batting champion all on yeah. your same yeah. roster? And, and if you if Mauer's playing first base, does Morno even emerge in the organization? Right. Did they have to get rid of Morno and trade him because Mauer's playing first base, or would he have DH'd? I don't, but then if he DH's, now Joe you're played, taking away his defensive value. Or could could Joe have played third and right field and some first base? That's why my point is. If you if you had told him you can still catch, but you're not going to catch all the time, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Is this guy won three batting titles with catcher as his only spot? I think he would have won a Gold Glove if he had started his career, let's say his professional career at age 18. So any position, you're just going to have to learn it the next few years in the minor leagues, and then that'll be your position going forward. He was a Gold Glover. He was a Gold Glover as a catcher, right? Yeah, a couple. Yep. Yes. So he, yeah, because he would he would have been the first two time or like the second ever two time Gold Glover if he had. Rightfully so, if he had won the Gold Glove at first base last year, Correct. I think he could have won a Gold Glove at third base too. You know, third base tends to be a little bit more of a six foot to six foot two height position, but I think Maurer, with his athleticism early in his career, at, even at him. six four six five, yes. I think he would have been a Gold Glove caliber third baseman if he had been that throughout his minor league career and had trained at that position. Well, and what's ironic is I Morno came up as a catcher. I'm pretty yep. sure he was drafted yep. as a catcher. He so was. the posi- yes. the, it was probably likely to that the reason they maybe moved him out too is because they had Joe Maurer. Yeah. It's an interesting theory though. I to say that it didn't work out if the rest of the team and the pitching staff had been better, even when Maurer wasn't making twenty three okay. million when he was making five hundred thousand, right. but it's not but, his fault. But in hindsight, what I will say about that is is he's taken a lot of heat for how much he made on that last contract. There could have been given there could have been more thought given to if we want this success to be sustained as long as possible, catching him is a mistake eventually. Yeah. And I'm so I'm not I'm not trying to imply that that from day one that move had to be made. But what if you had made that move four years in, five years in, and he still caught some, but not all the time? Yeah. It is a massive luxury to have that great of a catcher on your team because not that many teams have that. So if you start with that and you can build out the rest of your positions, you're just, you're so far ahead. And where the Twins just couldn't cash in on it is they they were depleted in power and they were depleted in starting pitching and Outside of Johan, they really didn't have any other dominating starting pitchers. But besides right? that, they were fine. Right. Uh, 651-646-8255. There's another item that pertains to the Twins we can get to. I think there's a lot of people who are mad at the Twins this offseason that might want to come out of the woodworks. When we come back, we can dive into that. 
Let's talk about TCL TVs for just a brief moment here. We're talking about 4K picture quality. We have a 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV in our studio. But this is the best picture quality you're going to find on the market. Dolby Vision giving you greater contrast, brighter and more accurate colors, lifelike images from the brightest of brights to the darkest of darks. TCL Roku TVs also have endless entertainment, the most streaming content of any TV, bringing entertainment to any room in your house. So all of these things combined, you can find out for yourself. If you go into any major local retailer, just go stare at one or go to Google and type in TCL TV reviews. You're going to find things like truly excellent image quality and the best smart TV system on the market from CNET or impressive contrasting color performance paired with a wealth of connected features from USA Today. TCL TV, America's fastest growing TV brand and TCLUSA.com. Bill Mackey. Poke it out of the bunker, two putt for a 10. You lost the course. And then I lit myself on fire. Judd Zolgad. Am I just getting old and super cranky or old and sort of cranky? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd. So yesterday it was announced officially, or maybe it was two days ago now. I lost track. But it was sometime this week. Yesterday, you're right. You Darvish, yep. out for the year. So he, he's been ramping up, trying to get some bullpen sessions in. Out for the year with forearm and elbow discomfort. Yeah. That is a $100 plus million dollar contract. I believe it was $125 million or something. Maybe more than that. Whatever it was. It's like a bunch of money. It's $20 plus million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of Twins fans were upset because they either lost out on the bidding or they were they were lowballing. The Twins did offer nine figures for you, Darvish. From everything I've heard, the Twins offered a hundred million dollars on maybe a five-year deal, maybe a six. I believe it was a five-year deal. Okay. So, if that had happened, this is what bothers me. The Twins always get ripped for stuff like this. So. There's a pitcher on the market. It's in, he's an ace, and of course the cheap polads aren't going to be interested in him. Number one, they were. Number two, they offered a really competitive, huge contract that was a hundred plus million dollars. And number three, now he's probably going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. And hasn't he already had Tommy John surgery? Yeah, he did. Yep. So he's going to have to in have Texas. a second Tommy John surgery. Yes, sir. And there's going to be five years left on the deal. And I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, the Twins didn't go a sixth year, and that was the problem. That the Cubs went six years, 125 million, and yes, oh, why won't the cheap pole ads pony up for a sixth year? Okay, what would people, the same people, have been saying now if you Darvish pitched for five weeks in May, said his elbow hurt, and now he's going to be out not only for basically well, all of this it's season, a stupid but he's, contract. He's probably going to miss next season. They would have said it's a stupid contract, right? Just like people complain about the Joe Mauer contract. So you can't have it both ways. That's why it doesn't make sense to sign those contracts when pitchers are 29, 30 years old because they're ticking time bombs. So I, I don't know. I'm, I would have been fine if they would have landed him for a hundred million dollars, but I just think it's funny that people go away and you're, you're, you voice your opinion. And then when it turns out to be that, oh man, they did dodge a bullet. And oh, that is why it doesn't make sense to go huge money for free agent pitchers. There's a huge risk. Mm -hmm. I think it should be acknowledged. This is what could have happened. This could have been a grenade that blew up in the twins face. And you, Darvish. Today has been positive, Judd. I've been positive all day. I like what the Vikings have done. I've been very positive. The more I give thought to the Darvish contract for everything that's gone wrong for for the Twins this year, and it's been a lot of things, but the more I give thought, you signed 
Lomo. It didn't work. No big deal. He's just go, he's gone. He's going to be gone. Lance Lynn didn't work. You got two things for him. You got something for him. He was a complete disaster and a complete bust, but the contract was a one-year deal, easily tradable, and, and you actually got a return for him. If you Darvish had been the Falvey Levine all-in move, the we're diving into the deep end of the pool and we don't care, mm-hmm. financially for this team, it is crippling. It is absolutely crippling. Like, we would be having conversations about, oh, my God, this guy's going to need Tommy John. He signed to a five-year, $100 million-plus deal. And can they sign people this winter? Probably not. It would be a crippling move. Mm -hmm. Positive Judd today. This is, for all of the bad things that have happened to this team and the bad luck in 2018, this offsets a lot of it. Because you now go into into the winter months, with the ability to sign guys a ton off your books and no concern about this contract. Yeah. Now, it wouldn't it wouldn't at all give me pause on a Manny Machado because he's a position player, therefore less likely that an elbow injury is going to ruin the whole contract. And Manny Machado's 25 years old. You Darvish was turning 30, I think this offseason, he's around that age 30 point. And for a pitcher, and once, he's a pitcher. Yeah, once the pitching get, thing concerns me all the yeah, time. I mean, pitching is always it's always going to be an issue with just worrying about a guy's elbow. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate on a Manny Machado deal, and I would offer a lot more than a hundred million dollars. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Howard, what's going on? I have uh, two questions. One about the Twins, one with the Vikings. The Twins. What happened to Nick Gordon? He was moving up fine in the system. Everything was going well. All of a sudden, this year he's batting two twenty when he gets to Triple A. What's the deal with that? And it just it's it happens sometimes. Mike, Mike Trout batted a buck fifty his first hundred fifty plate appearances in the big leagues. It's just you know, not to say that Nick Gordon is going to be Mike Trout, but it happens. He's not a fast track guy like we had thought, but it's very possible he could turn it around and be up sometime next year. A little bit of a buzzkill, though. I'll give you that. Yeah. The Vikings question is, uh, does anybody realize that a lot of this, uh, these new penalties for uh, spearing with a helmet has all got to do with the possibility of a lot of uh, uh, lawsuits due to long-term brain injuries and how that might cost the NFL zillions of dollars and how that might bring down the sport more than anything else? That's exactly well, why. Yeah, for yes. sure. Now, where the NFL fell into a really tough spot several years ago was they didn't disclose information about CTE and concussions to the players that they had on their side. But I think if you were to go in and say, listen, here are the potential effects later in life, which is what, which is what's it's all out there the last few years. Yep. Are you, can you get in legal trouble then down the road? If you spell out for somebody when they're about to sign a contract, you can still be this, is, this is what can happen. You can still clearly be sued. I, I don't know if if you would win or not. The National Football League, though, in the last few years has shown one thing. They will always, and they're doing it again, overcorrect. The anthem thing, right? Mm-hmm. The anthem thing, they have botched that at every turn. Why? Because they attempt to overcorrect. Instead mm-hmm. of just saying... President Trump, we are going to handle this as best as we possibly can, and we care about our players. And but but it but it's on us. Mm-hmm. And if people get offended by that, too bad. The NFL's deal is this: they're they're deathly afraid of two things: losing any fans at all, and being sued and losing money. So instead of applying common sense, they never do. Yeah, they always go to the extreme. And you say to yourself, 
Well, this is too far. Yeah. So instead of instead of sitting down and saying, our athletes play an incredibly violent sport, let's all sit down and sort of talk about this and figure it out. They say, if you duck your head and your opponent ducks his head and he moves his head and you hit him, it's a penalty yeah, on you, and like we might eject you. It's just always, it's always too much with this league. Yeah. Back to the Twins thing for a second here, because someone just tweeted in. Tom tweets into the show, hey, my complaint with Twins ownership is the spending on one player, but with the promise... They made up. Uh, they made to up payroll as a whole with their new stadium. Have they fulfilled that promise? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what? Like, like what? <laughs> yes. Okay. At the Metrodome. At the Metrodome. Their last. I'll just give you the last five years at the Metrodome. Okay, so 2005 through 2009, they spent 56 million, 65 million, 70 million. 61 million and then 67 million on that 09 team. They move into the new stadium. Immediate jump to a hundred million dollars. They spent, so they move into the new stadium. Yeah. Well, they promised they were going to up payroll. They did. They jumped 30 million dollars, a 50% increase in payroll from Metrodome to Target Field the first year. Then it jumped again by 20 more million in 2011. We're talking about a 100% increase in payroll from the last year at the Metrodome, to the second year at Target Field. The team lost 99 games that year, and so Terry Ryan said, okay, this isn't working. Let's strip some of this away. They they, they spent two or three years in what they thought was going to be a rebuild. Eventually, they fired Terry Ryan. They're back up the last few years to 108, 105, 108, 130 million on this last year's team. They're spending more than double what they spent at the Metrodome. Stop with I, that I, argument. But I think the issue the issue is the angst towards the poll ads is justified but misguided. They didn't evolve correctly. The franchise didn't evolve. So the the franchise in the early 2000s and and to their credit in the late 90s had built to something that became very credible and very good, right? People are frustrated. People look at the money spent and, and the free agents not invested in as being the shortcoming. The shortcoming was really bad drafting, not finding pitchers, not developing pitchers. Mm-hmm. So there's there's angst to be generated here in what happened to this franchise after it moved into Target Field. But it's not about who you didn't spend on. It's what you didn't develop. Yeah. And that's that's where the it's just so easy to look at the at the free agent market, I think, and become fixated on if you had just bought look at any team that has tried to win by just simply buying guys. I think across the board you're going to find they didn't have success. If you didn't have some nucleus, even the Yankees the year, and Dodgers. Do you remember the year a few years back when the Marlins decided to dump that Toronto went all in? And mm-hmm. San Diego, in fact, did the same thing a couple years after that. And they said, "We are going all in. We want to sell with no young core, yeah, really. But but we're but we're going to spend. We're going to spend huge." It blew up in their face. So if you want to be mad, be be mad about what we've talked about a thousand times on the show. They didn't develop where they should have developed. Yeah. It has nothing to do with going out and spending three hundred million dollars. I just find it so ridiculous that and it's it, and, it's, and if and if it was, I'm not just trying to single out one Twitter follower here too. I mean, we appreciate the the exchange. It's just something I hear on too much of a regular basis the last several years. They made, first of all, they didn't make any promises. Find me a quote where they made promises. But let's just say they did. We're going to spend more money once we get the new ballpark. They have. Okay, they've spent it horribly in some cases. 
They have. Like spending it on Mike Pelfrey and Phil Hughes extension. That's a terrible way to spend money. You're literally lighting money on fire. But Ricky Nolasco was a good one. Yeah. But the, but they have yes, but they have spent more money. Hopefully now the new front office is going to spend more wisely. Although Logan Morrison and Lance Lynn turned out to be duds for the Twins this season. Anyhow, all right. Adrian Peterson spoke. In. All right, Maggie and Judd. What did Adrian Peterson say? Okay, this is fantastic. Adrian Peterson's 33. He is now signed with Washington, which will be his uh, third National Football League team in two years. He was with the Saints to start last year, then the Cardinals. And then he's finally found work uh, because Washington had a bunch of their running backs go down with injuries. There is no athlete I can think of currently who can milk the hype like this guy. I mean, he's 33. He's washed up. Yeah, We know he's done. But yet, here's the quote after his workout from Red, uh, Redskins coach Jay Gruden. He's a physical freak. He's in great shape. Explosive. And that's what sold us. Some of the best we had in here for workouts were huffing and puffing, keeling over. He was standing straight up. He's in good shape. He could yes. have gone on for another two hours. Now, the story goes on to say the, the big question will be the same as last season for Peterson. What does he have left? Over the past two years, he's averaged 3.1 yards per carry, third lowest among backs with at least 150 rushes. Here's Peterson's quote about that. 3.1 yards, third lowest among backs with at least 150 rushes. Quote, it shows me people don't really know about football. People that know the game of football know different situations a player might be in. So when people go back and say, oh, 2.4 yards per carry, there's a lot that contributes to that as well. I just brush it off. The delusional factor and the ability to milk being in good shape factor are just <laughs> off the charts here. Okay, did he also compare himself to LeBron James, or did somebody else do that? Declan found that from an older quote. Is that right, Declan? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's like 2014, and Ben Lieber asked him something. Because I think Chris Johnson or some running back, it might have been Jamal Charles, actually, now that I remember, said, like, I'm the LeBron James of football, so he... Ben Lieber asked Adrian Peterson, you know, okay. what do you think about that? And he said, I'm the LeBron James of football. What is the best cross-sport comparison athlete for Adrian Peterson? Who would be the basketball, baseball? Who would he be in other sports, historically? Right right now to who he's become? Like, like, if, his I, like if I was to do an immediate comparison right now, I would say that he, he is to his sport what uh, Carmelo is to basketball. Okay. Really good player in in his prime. Is Carmelo a Hall of Famer. Carmelo was a very good player. I think he might be. I, I think, think the basketball Hall of Fame is like the most overrated Hall of Fame because a lot of guys let get everyone in. in. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do let a lot of guys in. But I think the fact that he won't go away and he still thinks he's good—that's Carmelo right now. <laughs> a little bit. He won't go away. Can I throw Dwight Howard in the mix too? Sure. So a guy who is really really good for a long stretch of time at. Sort of one bundle of things, right? The rebounding and scoring close to the rim, and that's Peterson. Just amazing. You hand him the ball for a long time, and boom. he's Other parts of the game, eh, you're just hoping that he's so dominant in this one area yeah. that it makes up for the other deficiencies. He's got the cool sleeves on. Yeah, so for for Dwight Howard, yeah, he doesn't really shoot, and he's he can't really make a free throw. So you got to hide him in key important situations late in games, and that's Adrian Peterson. You got to you got to kind of hide him on third down and a you got definitely game hide in which you're trailing. So I, I would say Dwight Howard or a a power hitter, a better version of Adam Dunn. If Adam Dunn were had Hall of Fame consideration, because Adrian Peterson's going to get, I think he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think you will too. But if uh, maybe maybe like a poor man's David Ortiz, where 
You know, but, he doesn't or, quite have the batting average, and he doesn't. He's not. But the gonna, comparison with Ortiz is da- David knew knew when to quit, and in fact w- walked away when, when he easily could have come back. Like this guy doesn't get it. So he's, Dwight Howard makes even more sense. Yes, Dwight Howard. More from Although Peterson. Howard still scored like sixteen points last year. More from Adrian. Quote: Every summer we have young guys that come and work out in our gym, and no one has outworked me. I'm talking about 21, 22 year old guys. No matter if it's speed work, agility work, running the hill. So that right there is a good measuring stick as well. You hate him so much. But we know I don't. For him no, the delusion, the delusion is so high. He was fantastic, and but and he is in great shape, and he will be in great shape at the age he's, of seventy six years old. Confident guy. Ryan from New Richmond just called in, and he said he has a good comparison for AP. He says he's the Joe Mauer of baseball, apparently. Hmm. Okay. MVP injuries, for, little some deficiencies, a little bit, some later years. I could. I guess I could. You you were hoping for more. All right, I could see that. Adrian, if he has any kind of a year here with Washington, if he gets 500 yards on the ground this year, he's going to be ninth all-time on the NFL's all-time rushing list. Very quickly. So he's 12,276 yards right now. He's 12th on the list. He's going to pass Marshall Falk, Jim Brown, Tony Dorsett, and Eric Dickerson if he gets five. Uh, He won't pass Dickerson. He's 1,000 away from Dickerson. Yep. But he's, what, 36 away from 10th? Jim Brown, is that correct? He's very close to Jim Brown. Yeah, he's three yards away from Marshall Falk, and yeah. he's a game away from Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. Yeah. And then he's he's 500 yards away from Tony Darsett. But I just, don't you love how we always come back to the same phrases and buzzwords? Outworked everybody. Does it surprise you that he's Frank, Frank Gore is fifth on the all-time rushing list <laughs> and is 2,000 yards ahead of Adrian Peterson? It should, but he's like 97 years old and he doesn't stop playing. Is Frank so Frank? This is a good good testament to longevity and health versus peak explosiveness. Absolutely, I yes. think Adrian Peterson is more worthy of Hall of Fame consideration than Frank Gore. Both probably get in. Frank Gore is like a modern. He's like Curtis Curtis Martin. Frank Gore will get in. Yes, hmm. and Peterson should too. Peterson is a Hall of Fame player for what he did in his day. He's just he is the Zolgadian definition of no when to walk away. <laughs> Just walk away. Just, just, just be done. Uh, your hatred for Just him. be done. You know what? Get in the top 10, wave to the crowd in Washington, and walk Why away. Why can't you just let a guy live his life? He wants to play football. Because he blocked me on Twitter, just like Cordero Patterson did. <laughs> Bitter about both of those. Have you ever tried to get people to say, hey, unblock at oh, 15 no. spin Judd? And by, by the way, Cordero, I think, is going to have a huge year. For the Patriots? It would be fun to Belichick's watch that Belichick's going to figure this out. It'd be fun to watch figure that. Figure it out. Fair tomorrow. We are at the State Fair tomorrow. And then all the way through the State Fair. So check us out. Same old place. You can find out more information at 1500ESPN.com. See you guys tomorrow.